you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're open to calling plays for the Patriots this year. It's me, your man, MJ Marcus Grant, alongside Michael F. Florio, producer Randy at the controls, and because it is summer, you know we always have a cavalcade of fantasy stars popping on the show, folks that uh, maybe you're familiar with, maybe you're not. And if you're not, we're certainly glad to introduce you uh, to them as well. So our guest today uh, if you have been deep in these fantasy streets, you have probably seen her in a whole lot of places. She writes with fantasy footballers. She's at Fantasy Pros, NBC Sports Edge, also at Mayo Media Net, our pal Pat Mayo, who has built his own little fiefdom up there in Canada. Uh, we are glad to be joined by the one and only stepmom, Lauren. Lauren, appreciate you uh, jumping in with us today. How are you? 
I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be an adventure because I just realized that there was a draft that I forgot about at the end of this. So <laughs> this should be interesting. Well, be the good news is, as she alluded to, we're going to do another fantasy draft of things because uh, we did it last week with non-alcoholic beverages. And I will say that the response on social media took off in a huge way. So uh, we're certainly all glad that you guys were certainly engaged and, and happy to talk about it. We're also sort of amused that most of what we got was a lot of people roasting Troy King uh, about his <laughs> picks. Although, you know, he got roasted for them, but it ended up being a pretty neck and neck battle the whole way. And uh, Florio, your pick of water ended up being a lot stronger than you anticipated. I, I thought I was going to get roasted for picking two kinds of teas and water. I thought everyone was going to be like, this guy is super boring. And instead, everyone was like, water, steal of the draft. You can't live without it. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> so that worked out. Uh, so hopefully we'll do, uh, we will do another uh, fantasy draft of things at the end of this show. And uh, hopefully it is just as engaging to those of you out there uh, as last week's was. Um we got some stuff to talk about. Obviously, this is sort of the dead portion of the offseason. Uh, this is the closest thing I think we get to an actual offseason these next few weeks. So there are headlines. I usually call this the news section. I decided to call it the offseason chatter section because it's just it's sort of people talking, but not necessarily saying a whole lot of things. And so uh, as we tend to do here, because the content machine continues to grind and we all got bills to pay, uh, we'll try to decipher what we can from what is being said by coaches and players around the league. So let's start in Baltimore, uh, where Jeff Zrebiak, and if I'm mispronouncing that, I totally apologize. But from The Athletic, uh, the Baltimore beat writer down there was talking about how he thinks the Ravens are going to go a lot more run heavy this year, kind of reverting back to what they were in 2019 uh, when they went 14-2, and two, had a great season, but really were built around running the football and playing defense. The last couple of years, they've tried to get to more of a balanced offense with sort of mixed results. So, uh, Lauren, I'll start with you. I mean, if, if this is what the Ravens really want to do, if they want to run the football, um, what does this mean for a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who we, we had big expectations for last year? Unfortunately, he got hurt in the preseason, missed the entire year, uh, but he's expected to be back and healthy again. If the Ravens really do want to get back to running the football a lot more, does this mean we should move him up our draft boards a little bit? I think I think so. I, I, but I don't think J.K. Dobbins really is going to be one of those players that falls too far. I think he's going to be a steal if people do let him fall too far, which is going to be nice. But I want to put air quotes around reverting back to the run <laughs> game because that's a little bit of a misnomer. It's not like they were, you know, Patrick Mahomesing everything. No, they were third. They had the third most attempts in the league in rush attempts. That's not exactly like a big swing in the opposite direction. I think they were like ninth most in passing or something too. Yeah, let's see. Uh, ninth in passing last season. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you want to call that balanced, I suppose. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson, yes, he has a nice arm, but he's known for his legs. He's known for his juke moves. He's known to be able to do these things. And I, this is, again, air quotes, that like reverting back to, no, it's just strengthening <laughs> what you guys are already really good at. So, no, I'm not concerned about J.K. Dobbins. I think he should be... Uh, not disrespected if anyone is giving him disrespected. But if you want to forget about him, everyone in every league I'm in, she sucks. Don't <laughs> see Don't that's do the, it. That's the key is to talk him down to the people that Subterfuge. are that I am again. all about it. <laughs> you know, just try to try to try to tank a guy's value so that you can get him uh, at a better spot in the draft. 
I mean, Florio, we, we looked at this backfield in the past and, and when everybody was healthy, when it was whoever it was, if it was Dobbins, if it was Gus Edwards, if it was, you know, take your pick, it always seemed like it was kind of a, a one third split between, you know, the two running backs and then obviously Lamar Jackson taking a lot of those opportunities. I mean, is that back in play again? And is that something we keep in mind if you're thinking about drafting a Ravens running back? It, to me, it is. I, I, I really like J.K. Dobbins, like his talent as an individual running back. And I, I see the path for him being an RB1, similar to what Mark Ingram did uh, in Lamar Jackson's MVP year. And that score a bunch of touchdowns because I, at the very least, I, I have past game concerns with him. Like they did bring in Mike Davis immediately after he got cut. We know that he can be used in the passing game. They drafted Tyler Batty. He is also a pass game specialist. So if J.K. Dobbins' usage in the passing game is limited, that I think that limits his upside. So I, I like J.K. Dobbins, um, but I do have concerns about what his role in this offense is going to be exactly, especially because they like Gus Bus, but he's someone who is kind of fringy. They could potentially uh, get away from that contract if they want to. So I still think uh, we, we got to monitor this situation pretty closely. I, I like Dobbins as an RB two. I think his upside is more of a low end RB one. Uh, but if it, I, I agree with, with Lauren, if, if people are, you know, saying like, Oh, we have concerns about him and he starts sliding a bit, then I'll be in. But if we see the opposite and people start saying, remember how good this guy is in this offense, that's going to run so much. And he starts getting pulled up. Then I'll probably be out. I'm waiting for JK Dobbins day on fantasy Twitter, because you know how it it's works, coming, right? It's coming because by the time we get through the end of the summer, we get to training camp and preseason games, like pretty much every notable skill position player is going to have a day where they're the main character, right? Like it's going to happen. So JK Dobbins day is coming. A couple of things I will say that at least are worth keeping in mind is that he is still sort of rehabbing back. And I know that reports are the Ravens are going to take it slow, that he's sort of been working away from the team and everything's fine. Apparently Baltimore's pretty happy with, with what they're hearing, the progress he's making, but he has not necessarily been working out with the team a lot. So he's still working his way back. Gus Edwards is also still working his way back. Um, the other part of it, and you kind of touched on this, Florio, is you know what his role in the passing game is going to be. And we always hear every year, we want to throw the football more. We're going to get our backs involved in the passing game. And then Lauren, as you alluded to, uh, you know, things kind of stay the same way they were. And there's still the Baltimore Ravens and they still are a run first offense. That being said, Lauren, Rashad Bateman was kind of everybody's favorite rookie darling last year. And look, I, I know uh, for you, because you and I were on with Jake Seeley not all that long ago. Uh, and you were you, you mentioned that you're not necessarily big on rookie receivers. He's not a rookie anymore, Lauren. This is year two for Rashad Bateman. They say they want to run the football more. So are you still maybe not so excited about drafting him this year? Ooh, okay. So Rashad Bateman to me is like listening to someone describe some kind of exotic cuisine, right? And you're like, mm, I'm really not quite sure about that. And then you pass by it and this aroma wafts to you. And then suddenly it picks you up by your nostrils and you float right <laughs> back to said cuisine. That is Rashad Bateman to me. I'm very excited about him this season. Now I'm not rushing out to, you know, elevate him in my draft boards. He's just one of those receivers. I'm going to have my eye on in the draft targeting possibly, but I'm going to see where he goes. If he falls far enough, I'm going to be very happy 
to scoop him up in the later rounds. Cause again, we not, well, I do. And if I do the ergo, everyone does obviously <laughs> associate the Ravens with the run game. So I wonder aside from Mark Andrews, how much of those receivers, the pass catchers are going to be falling a little bit further down the rank. So I am excited about this. Plus he really did flash very, very well. There were some games where he showed he can get it done. I like this. And I especially like this because of the lack of Marquise Hollywood Brown. Now, when I did some research on this, which there will be a piece coming out, it's the impacts of the offseason changes on tight ends that you'll be able to read on NBCSportsEdge.com. Ding! See, I got my ding in this time. <laughs> I was able to do it this time, Marcus. It's not just you. I was able to do it. And you can read about the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers on the same platform as well. But I was really surprised that um, Hollywood Brown actually had 146 targets. Now, for some reason, when I think back without looking at the numbers, I didn't expect it to be that high. And then obviously with Mark Andrews, he was at 153, I believe. So that one didn't surprise me. But that vacates 146 targets. Where are those going to go? Because considering they were third highest in the league in rush attempts, there were still targets to go around. So I do like this. I think Rashad Bateman is going to be more involved. It is his second season. He has proven to me that he passed is the smell test see what I did there brought it back to the delicious <laughs> cuisine that you know caught the wafts of the aroma that I really like so I am excited about what he's going to do I'm not concerned I'm not worried about it because he's not going to be someone that I am looking to draft anywhere early or even in the mid rounds if he falls to me later then yes then I will be very excited about it and he'll be one of those wide receiver three or flex plays that I put in and laugh at everyone that they decided to pass up on him that was all very astute, and I think there's a lot of merit to it. But the only thing I took away from it is that Rashad Bateman is basically a hot canish that you get on the streets of Manhattan <laughs> at a cart. Exactly. Uh, That's good. the thing. You will never They're be delicious. able to think of Bateman any other way other than he smells great. They like, are... I don't know if he does. But... <laughs> Rashad Bateman smells great. Smells I'm totally going to remember that. Passes the smell test. I'm totally me. going to remember that. <laughs> uh, I mean, Florida, I mean, is, is this how we're feeling? Are we – is Bateman kind of – is he still – I guess a mid-round guy, does he have that wide receiver one upside or is he just, you know, are we, are we capping him at say a wide receiver two? I, I think his upside is a wide receiver two for now. May, like things would have to really break right. I think for him to finish as a wide receiver one. Um, it, it's funny. I did a, a best ball draft earlier this week and I took him as my wide receiver three in like the seventh or eighth round. Um, I, I felt good about getting him there, but He's someone that comes with, you know, fantasy Twitter loves to hype this guy up. He will be the main character one day and probably uh, start to, to get his ADP pulled up a little bit. I, I feel similar to Lauren once again. Like, I, I, I like Bateman as a player. I like his talent. I think he's a really strong fit for Lamar Jackson. But I think it ultimately comes down to how much you think the Ravens are going to throw the ball because... I was also surprised to see Marquise Brown had 146 targets last year because every year prior to that, he was averaging like around seven targets per game. He's consistently like wide receiver 90 in routes ran because they just don't throw the ball a whole lot. And Marquise Brown was able to combat that by being a great downfield threat, someone who could pick up 40, 50 yards and, and you know, one catch. Bateman has the ability to be a downfield receiver, but he doesn't have the speed and the field stretching ability like a Marquise Brown does. So I, I think for him to get close to that wide receiver one value, he's either going to need around 150 targets. And I'm I, I just I don't feel confident projecting that for him. 
I mean, Florio, you know, I always like to talk about talent versus opportunity here. And, and for me, Bateman was sort of one of those test cases. I actually wrote about it. I didn't, I didn't include Bateman, but I did write about it uh, for our pal Bob Harris and, and Emil Cadlick in the, the upcoming uh, Football Diehards magazine out on newsstand soon. Uh, so you can go check that out, uh, you know, whenever that's available. But Bateman was sort of one of those test cases where, you know, a lot of astute people who study wide receivers talked about how much they loved Bateman. They loved his ability. And I said, sure. He also goes to the run heaviest team in the league. So that's going to kind of cap what his opportunities are going to be from a fantasy standpoint. I'm sure he's very talented. Uh, I trust those people who study that sort of thing and I trust their opinions. But to me, it, it was a situation where the opportunity doesn't necessarily match up. And so I think that more than anything sort of puts a ceiling on potentially what he can be. But, you know, as, as Lauren mentioned, the fact that a lot of targets are now open because Marquise Brown is collecting mail in Arizona, uh, you know, maybe that does help him uh, a little bit. Uh, all right, uh, let's shift our attention down to Dallas, where Ezekiel Elliott says he still feels he has, quote, something to prove. I get it. You know, the last couple of years, a lot of people have uh, been throwing dirt on Zeke's name. He is not looking like the dominant back that we saw when he first came into the NFL out of Ohio State. Uh, and like last year, it wasn't you didn't have to look very far on Twitter to see people saying that Tony Pollard maybe deserved a bigger role than he did in the Dallas offense. But you also go back and you look over the last few years. Zeke consistently still finishes among the top 10 running backs. And so that leads me to, to wonder, Lauren, are we overreacting to, to Zeke's production? I mean, it, it, it's not what it once was. It's not what, what you probably got if you drafted him, say, in the top five. But in the end, he still ends up as an RB1. Are we, are we freaking out too much? Or is there really something there that we need to be concerned about? This is the most annoying thing about like real football, which I don't <laughs> care about at all. Like I only care about the fantasy aspect of it. So from a fantasy football perspective, this is very concerning. It's upsetting. But let me just elaborate as to why is because the Dallas Cowboys were actually very smart in how they utilized Ezekiel Elliott. There are so many running back injuries. Just ask the Ravens, speaking of Baltimore. I mean, it's a serious issue. So uh, with an extra week and an extra game, it was important for the Cowboys and for other teams around the league to basically go by a running back by committee, if you will, to spread out those touches, spread out a little bit of the wear and tear that these players are undoubtedly seeing day in and day out at practice, especially during games. So incorporating more of Tony Pollard made sense from that really annoying real football standpoint. <laughs> but it is upsetting for the fantasy world on this. But if you have this expectation going into it, I think what we're what we need to do is we need to look at Ezekiel Elliott as not that workhorse guy who's going to be seeing pretty much every single snap. He's not going to be that guy. And if you have that perception of him, he's not going to be disappointing because you're going to know exactly what role that he's doing. Now, is that going to change this year from or I'm sorry, this coming year, as opposed to what we saw last year? Is there going to be a change? Is it going to be the same thing that we saw from Zeke? Then Yes, you should be concerned if you're thinking you're going to draft him in the first round and he's going to turn out, you know, Derrick Henry type numbers. That's just not really possible, especially with what they've done that seemed to be successful with a player like Tony Pollard, who is very talented, very good and different 
from Ezekiel Elliott so they can run different types of offenses. And with the loss of Amari Cooper, they're going to have to try to think of some interesting ways and some dynamic plays that they're going to need to do. And I guarantee you that is going to be involving Tony Pollard a little bit more. So there is concern, not so much to the fact of, oh my God, you know, he sucks. We're, you know, he's, he's never going to finish well ever again, because as you said, he consistently does well, just doesn't meet those expectations that we have come to prescribe to him. We've come to expect a certain level of production. And when it's not met, we throw things in the air, break dishes. <laughs> Maybe that's just me, but I mean, it happens. Uh, I, are you are you suggesting that fantasy managers can be irrational sometimes? Because absolutely, I, not. I've just never seen that. I've never, I've <laughs> never ever seen that. We are ever. calm, cool, and collected all, <laughs> all the, the time. time. All the time. Uh, all right. I mean, so Florida. I mean, with all that being said, is Zeke? Where's where do you feel comfortable taking him? I mean, is he is he a guy that you would take say at the turn at the end of the first round? Is he is he later in the second? Where do you feel comfortable drafting him? Uh, I'm not going to have Zeke on any teams this year, uh, so probably <laughs> nowhere. Um, I, I would take Agreed. him if he fell to the third round, which I don't think is wow. going to happen. Agreed. Um, look, when a running – like, I was out on Zeke last year until the echo chamber convinced me that, oh, no, look what he did with Dak. And I was like – but even with Dak, his efficiency is down. He has no burst left whatsoever. Like, his last 20-yard run, I think, was, like, legitimately multiple seasons ago. Like, the guy just – he, so what he is, he is a bigger name, Josh Jacob, Josh Jacobs. Wow. Like he is going to give you RB two production for 17 weeks, but because he's not going to get hurt at the end of the year, he's going to be an RB one. He finished as the RB seven overall last year, and he finished a week as a top seven running back one time. Like wow. you're consistently going to, he was the RB 17 in points per game. Like you're just going to keep getting RB two weeks. And, and the thing is like, I know we're saying people are saying, oh, he's hurt. The year before was, oh, Dak was hurt. It's always an excuse with Zeke, but the efficiency continues to decline and has been for years. There's no burst, like I said, and now his touches per game is going down. And what used to keep him afloat was a high target total. Last year in 17 games, he had fewer targets than the year before where he played only 15 games. Like Tony Pollard is a legit concern that is eating into his passing game work. I think he, like Lauren said, I think he could take more carries away this year as well and I also think Dak Prescott being a year removed from that severe leg injury that he needed surgery for and stuff we didn't see Dak run much last year I think we could see Dak run even more which may mean even fewer dump offs to the running back so I just I can't get excited for Zeke I, I've, I was trying my best to be off of him <laughs> last year I will not get sucked back in this year okay then so then Lauren right now Tony Pollard's got a seventh round ADP is that about right? Should he be higher? Should we be more in on Tony Pollard right now? No, no. I mean, no. I think that's. I think that is right where he should be. It uh, depending on where the narrative goes, you know, because we have nothing else to do, we just talk about all these <laughs> random things that could happen. So depending on what narrative street decides to break, you know, branch off on whatever block that we're going to, um, is going to depend on where his ADP goes. But um, I don't think that we should necessarily be throwing too much more stock into it, unless you're in really deep leagues. Then he's kind of one of those characters that's a little bit more intriguing to me but I'm just exactly the same thing as Florio just said I'm out I'm out on Zeke and if I'm gonna have a piece of that backfield it's gonna be Tony Pollard it's gonna be looking for a flex opportunity a spot start it's gonna be looking possibly even for a bench as a insurance plan 
I just, I'm not sold. And I don't think that we need to be, you know, hyping either one of these two up because if anything, Zeke needs to reprove himself. Why am I air quoting everything? I don't know. For everyone <laughs> just listening, I am literally air quoting almost everything that I do. But I think he needs to reprove himself um, to the team that they spent all this money on him. Um, and to quote Mr. Jerry Jones, Zeke who? I mean, that's a, that's a situation. So um, I don't know. I'm just out. I'm out. I don't like it. Um, either one. Yeah, I thought it was really awkward when you air quoted Ezekiel Elliott. That was just yeah. kind of weird. I didn't understand. You look nice, Marcus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, you know, so, so here's my thing with Tony Pollard. I, I, I think he has excelled in the role that they have put him in. And when I see people saying he deserves more touches, in fact, I've even seen people, maybe this is beyond the pale, but I've seen people come out and say, you know, maybe he should be taking over as the starter in the RB1 in Dallas from Ezekiel Elliott. And when I hear that or see that, my mind immediately flashes to what I'm going to now call the Lamar Miller conundrum, right? Um, and I know it's a thing that you know our, our, our old con consensual pal, uh, Jake Seeley, has talked about too with Lamar Miller. All those years when we were all like, free Lamar Miller, he needs more touches, he needs more opportunity. He went to a place that gave him more touches, and we were like, oh, that's why he wasn't getting more touches. And I'm sort of I'm, I, I sort of wonder that about Tony Pollard is that is he a guy that is a good in the role he's in and maybe isn't going to be as efficient if he gets more opportunities or, you know, maybe I'm wrong and I'm, I'm full of crap and, and he's a dude who really can step in and, and take over that RB one. I don't know, Florio, I don't know if you feel differently about it. I mean, is, is he who he is or can he be something better? I think he can be something better, but it's very real concerns because we've never seen it. We've seen one career game where he played without Ezekiel Elliott and he went off for 31 fantasy points in it, but it's one game, you know, like it, you can't really bank a whole lot on one game. So I personally think that he can be an RB1 if anything was to happen to Zeke. In fact, I kind of comp him not again skill wise, but just the situation to what Kareem Hunt has been. For a while for the Browns where like he's a solid flex guy have some good weeks some bad weeks but if anything was to happen to the starter I think RB1 potential immediately at the worst like high-end RB2 but if someone was like I don't think he could hold up with that much workload I can't really argue it because we haven't really seen it before so uh, while I think Tony Pollard could be fine it's a lot easier when you're getting, you know, 12 carries and looking great and, and not being the guy that has to run between the tackles 20 times. I mean, there is some I, if you are a guy like Tony Pollard, there is a joy in everybody believing that you can do something and you not necessarily having to prove it. Right? And not, you know, you can just let it rise. Yeah, man, I can I can totally be that dude. But, you know, I mean, it's 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 the Uncle Rico paradigm, right? Like if we if, if coach had put me in, we'd have won state. I can throw a football <laughs> quarter mile, throw it clear over those mountains. Like Tony Pollard can sort of, sort of be the Uncle Rico. Like, hey, look, I, I could run for, you know, 1,500 yards this year, but it's just that, you know, coach is holding me back and we got Zeke there. So um, he's got to be a free agent soon, right? Like he might get paid just off of the allure that he could be the guy. Just the the idea that, that there's something bigger and better out there for Tony Pollard, which yeah, he's a this is his final year with the Cowboys on on his current contract, and I would think there will be you know a, unless something goes terribly wrong this year, I'm sure there will be a lot of takers out there uh, looking for a guy like Tony Pollard to add to their roster. Um, in Pittsburgh, so they signed Mitch Trubisky, and for a minute it looked like all right, well Trubes is going to be the starter, and then the Steelers go out and they draft Kenny Pickett. 
And, you know, right after that, because we all like shiny new things, everybody's like, well, Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter. They made him the first quarterback off the board. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He's staying in Pittsburgh. It's a great story. Uh, and now mini camps have opened, and the reports are that Trubisky is the clear and declared number one QB in Pittsburgh. So it's a simple question for you, Lauren. In basic one quarterback fantasy leagues, is Mitch Trubisky draftable? No. <laughs> All right. I will preface for me. No, I am staying completely far away. Like you said, a one quarterback league. We're talking lots of other, you know, lots of other fish in the sea. Okay. I mean, I just, ugh. however, <laughs> there is an argument to be made where there could be potential now guaranteed Mitchell Trubisky is going to be on the waiver wire. So, See how he does, see where he goes those first few weeks, because I have a feeling he might be using his legs a little bit more than people are giving him credit for being able to do. And in fantasy, especially if you're in the classic type of scoring, we know that rushing quarterbacks tend to amass a few more points than the average just pocket passer, uh, again, depending on how it is that you score. So I think there could be potential for, you know, streaming him in an opportunity, but I do not... I'm not going to run out and be like, the next Justin Herbert, you know, like, no, let's, let's not go there. Mm -mm. I mean, Mike, I mean, you, you talk about the, the Uncle Rico paradigm, right? I mean, Trubisky threw a grand total of eight passes last year, backing up Josh Allen. Uh, but for whatever reason, I mean, you remember it. We all remember it. At the end of last season, there was all this talk about how Trubisky was going to be a hot commodity on the free agent market. All these coaches, all these teams looked at him and said, we can fix him. We can make him better, right? We, you know, we have, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Um, and he, you know, was, was kind of a wanted man. Um, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this other than like, <laughs> other than, all I thought in my head is like, is he talking about a cyborg? Like, Kind what technology of technology are they fixing it with? Is maybe okay? a little bit, right? But there's this, <laughs> this belief that suddenly Mitch Trubisky maybe is better than what we saw all those years in Chicago. Obviously, he was never going to be a starter in Buffalo. I mean, as long as Josh Allen was healthy, we knew that was never going to be the case. Is there something we're missing? Or is there is there a world you can imagine where he ends up being kind of a waiver wire darling in an offense that, I mean, let's be honest, they do have weapons. There are There are pass catchers there. There are playmakers there. Can you dream a world where Mitch Trubisky maybe is not drafted, but somebody snags him off the waiver wire in week two and ends up with a pretty solid streaming quarterback? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and it's exactly what Lauren said. Like Mitch Trubisky can run. He he is a mobile quarterback. We've seen him have really good fantasy days because of what he can do with his legs. And I think we're all holding out hope that he can be better in an offensive system that Let's face it, Matt Nagy was a failed experiment. So uh, I think the, the expectation was if he goes somewhere else, he could be better. All that being said, Marcus, when you opened up this question, you were like, people on fantasy Twitter are like, Kenny Pickett's the starter. I am firmly in that camp. Like, Kenny Pickett <laughs> is a 24-year-old, fifth-year starter out of Pittsburgh. The one big thing about Kenny Pickett coming out was he's by far the most ready NFL quarterback. Uh, and, and then... You look at the situation. He's 24. There's one starter on the offensive side of the ball that is older than 25 years old. And there's one starter on the offensive side of the ball that is due to have a contract expire in the next year. And that is Deontay Johnson, who I expect them to lock up. So I think there's a lot to be said for having continuity and letting 
this offense kind of grow organically together. And, and if to take it even a step further, while we all like hyped up Mitch Trubisky, the NFL a lot of the time tells on itself. And what his contract told us is he's viewed as a backup two years, 14 million. That's less than Tyrod Taylor got, I believe. So like wh- while he got some hype from us, the NFL didn't really give him that kind of money. That was like, you're going to be the starter. So I still am in the camp that Pickett is the week one starter. And if not, I think within the first month, we see him take over. All right, Lauren, if, if you're if you are drafting a Steelers wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, whomever it may be, do you want Trubisky or do you want Pickett at quarterback? Oh, I do have a thing with hands. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm not really I'm not really sure it's going to matter because the wide receiver that I'm going after is going to be Deontay Johnson. And he has proven to me that he can get it done with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. So I don't really care who's throwing the ball. My my Husky, Pomsky, whatever. What's your breed? Who are you? He can do a good job and it'll be fine. So yeah, I'm going after Deontay Johnson. I'm not really that concerned about who is going to be under center um, for that particular player that I'm going for. Other than that, I think I'm going to stay away from the likes of Chase Claypool. Um, Fryermuth is interesting. Uh, late, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, jumping on that one. But that one receiver I want, that is definitely Deontay Johnson, and I don't care who's throwing him the ball. Fun fact: If you go to Mitch Trubisky's page on Pro Football Reference, they list his MVP award. Uh, <laughs> his, his Nickelodeon Valuable Player. They, it's listed there, uh, right next to do. his, right next to his one Pro Bowl appearance. Uh, so Pro Football Reference, making sure that he gets all of his flowers right now uh, for that <laughs> he had uh, with the Bears. Um, all right. I want to do a quick little round of either or, uh, either or, either or, whatever, however you pronounce it, um, where I, I looked at a couple of teammates uh, that have varying ADPs and sort of get your opinion on which one of these two players you'd rather have at that ADP. So let's start in Denver. Uh, with everybody's favorite running back, Javante Williams, who right now has a late round one ADP. I feel like maybe it still hasn't adjusted based on Melvin Gordon coming back to the Broncos because Javante's at round one, Melvin Gordon's in round eight. So, Florida, I will start with you. At their current ADPs, which one of these guys would you rather have? Melvin Gordon, and it's not even close. Like I and you know, Marcus, I love Javante Williams. I thought like he should have been a first round pick if Melvin Gordon was gone. I thought he has the RB one upside, and I still think he does, but it would involve something happening to Melvin Gordon. Like they they brought him back because he's a really popular player there. They they were other people like they wanted him back there, and. I don't think we're going to see nearly as many RB touches as we did last year. I mean, each of these guys had over 200 carries, and they were both heavily used in the the passing game. I think we're just with Russell Wilson, we're going to see more passing there and a lot less throwing to the running backs. He's not Teddy Bridgewater. It's just they're very different style of quarterbacks. Um, But we did see Melvin Gordon last year was the back that got the more usage in the red zone and near the goal line. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar approach to how we did last year. I know it's a new coaching staff. And by the way, Nathaniel Hackett has a long history of using multiple running backs. That's why we hated Jamal Williams all those years when we wanted Aaron Jones set free. But I wouldn't be surprised because both of these guys are so talented. If it was just like one series, Javante, one series, Melvin. So Instead of drafting Javante at his ceiling, I'll take the seven-round discount there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Lauren, how do you feel about that one? 
Oh, exactly the same. If you want to talk about a running back by committee that has an almost perfect 50-50 split, it's those two. And it doesn't matter how many times they touch the ball or not touch the ball, it's still probably going to be the same. So I'm not going to waste a first-round draft pick on a guy who's going to have similar, if not the exact same production, on a guy that I can get in the eighth round. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting. I, I feel like the ADP is going to come down on Javante Williams. Yeah. It just hasn't it hasn't hit yet. So uh, it's kind of like this now, one. It's like this one teammate of mine when he was telling me to select my keepers and he was really surprised that I wanted to keep Christian McCaffrey and Cooper Cup because he's like, what about Javante Williams? And I was like, well, Melvin Gordon's back. And he's like, so it doesn't matter. He's still the better. Stop it. No, <laughs> no. How is someone to convince you who to keep? I, I have no idea. I don't. I'm like, you know, I do this for a living, right? Like, yeah, but pumpkin, you should do it. Be quiet. Go away. Talent no. versus opportunity. I'm telling you, mm. Javante Williams really talented, but as long as <laughs> Melvin Gordon is there, the opportunity is not going to be what we want it to be. So, uh, all right. So G Gordon in a clean sweep here. All right. Next one. Uh, I'll start with you, Lauren. Clyde Edwards Alaire, who has been a perennial fantasy disappointment uh, in round four. Or Ronald Jones, who is maybe one of the most argued about players on fantasy Twitter, in round nine. Where are you going? This is such a situational question, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with CEH here. Um, and I, I'd want nothing to do with Ronald Jones. Let, but let's just leave it at that. Um, lesser of two... Um, not fun running backs that I would want to <laughs> deal with. So I'm going to take Clyde Edwards-Alaire and hope that I have some pretty solid roster construction ideas that I'm going to have to work around in order to take him. But I mean, right. there's another situation to this too, is I think the offense is going to really, really need to rely on him. So I think we're going to see a different type of Clyde Edwards-Alaire than we've seen before. Hopefully if he can stay healthy. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not as down on him as a lot of people have been because I never had him on my fantasy team yet. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, <laughs> you, you have not, not been personally, you have been not. personally disappointed by no. Clyde Edwards. I have so not been mortally so wounded by CEH. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm fresh. I'm green. I I'm, I'm, I'll try, you know, like I tried sushi once loved it. So who knows? Maybe, maybe this is, this will be the time. Who knows? All right. So he's, so is he, is he sort of like another street food that you see? Like, oh, you know, I'll give that a shot. We'll see. What Can you tell I'm hungry? He, it's he's halal. Here. He's like a halal. <laughs> halal yeah. like, like a halal. Yeah, Highly recommend. All right, you, there it is. I'm starving. Uh, right, Flo <laughs> Florio, which which end of this are you taking? So at, at that cost, I I slightly lean Ronald Jones, but like I got Ceh in a best ball draft this week as my RB three in the seventh round, and I'm like wow. at that price, I oh, will yeah. take him all day because I. We always saw Clyde Edwards-Lair as the early down back, and Darrell Williams kind of spelling him. I think Ronald Jones is going to take more of those low value touches away like those between the 20 carries and then i think clyde edwards Hilaire will be more used in the passing game which is what we've wanted for him since he's came uh to the chiefs so if that's the case we may potentially get the best year we've had yet out of ceh and uh and he's going cheaper than ever all right uh this may be my homerism showing but i'm gonna go rojo i'm i i, I can't i can't quite quit him no matter what like i always <laughs> i will admit this i always find some excuse for why Ronald Jones maybe didn't live fully up to expectations. I mean, we go back to 2020. He was pretty good, right? He had 1,100 total yards. He had eight total touchdowns, was still splitting time. I, you know, and then the next year he sort of disappeared again. For whatever reason, he, he and Bruce Arians just didn't get along. They didn't see eye to eye. And I feel like that sort of held him back. Maybe now he goes to a new place. There's a new coaching staff. Maybe he gets himself in better there a little bit. Uh, I still think he's he's really talented. 
Um, I, I think he and CEH are going to split opportunities, but I just think that at the cost, uh, I'm willing to go with Rojo. I'm willing to give him one more shot, right? I'm not willing to give up. I'm not willing to let go of the rope yet on Ronald Jones. Although, I mean, if Edward Dallaire is hanging out there in the seventh round, then that feels, that feels too hard to pass up. <laughs> um, but if we're talking round four versus round nine, I'm willing to throw my chips back in with Ronald Jones at least one more year. I'll live to regret it probably. That's where I am. <laughs> I'm planting my flag and I'm sticking with it right now. Um, all right, let's go wide receivers here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, and I, I had a chance uh, to, to sit in on Move the Sticks yesterday and talk with Bucky Brooks and we were talking about the Dolphins a little bit. I, I mentioned then that it feels like Dolphins social media is going out of its way to prove to us that Tua Tungavailoa can throw a good deep ball and that he and Tyreek Hill are connecting, right? Ever since that first one, Florio, where it was underthrown and they got roasted by the entire internet for it, they seem to really be trying hard to prove to us that Tua can get it down the field. That being said, he's got a couple of speedsters uh, in, in his passing game. Tyreek Hill in round two, Jalen Waddle in round four, uh, Lauren, which of these two would you rather have at that cost? First of all, I hate you for this question. I hate <laughs> you because this is this is nearly impossible. It's like choosing between your two children, like which one is your favorite. Although we all have one, okay? Everybody's don't lie. got one. Right? Everybody's got one. Okay? That's why I only Just, have. That's no. why I only have one kid. That way, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. So for me, oh, this is so hard. But I think, I think I'm gonna go with Jalen Waddle. Um, I ah. <laughs> and the reason I'm I'm hemming and hawing about this because I'm I'm gonna make this a situational thing again, and I'm sorry to make it so not cut and dry for everybody. But for me, it's gonna depend on who, where I'm drafting in the draft in the first place, who I already have set up as my solid running backs. Am I gonna go running back heavy? Who do I need to get? I don't know if I want to waste a second round draft pick on Tyreek Hill. When there are so many mouths to feed in that offense, I'd rather wait until the fourth to get Jalen Waddle, who already has chemistry built up with Tua Tungavailoa that I don't really need to worry about, who played great last year and totally destroyed all of my arguments about why I don't like young receivers. But it's fine. You know what? We'll just leave that. I don't care. Um, I like him. Plus, his you know touchdown dance is epic. So, um, yeah. It's tough. It's really, really, really tough, though. I don't know if either of these is a wrong answer. I, let me just tell you that as a host and as the person who puts together this rundown, when I ask someone a question and they go with the, that makes me feel like I did my job, right? Good. Like, you, you know, know. <laughs> like when, I, when, I ask, when I ask a question, they're like, it's so-and-so and it's not even close. I'm like, well, what am I doing here? You know, like, <laughs> so when like people are- I feel like that was just me. a jab over here on Florio. Uh, uh, like. Um, it's Melvin Gordon. It's not even close. Next, moving on. Yeah, I do this all the time. It's fine. You know, whatever. Um, all right, so Florio, I, I pose the same question to you. Tyreek or Jalen Waddle? Um, I, I would go with Tyreek of the two because... And it's not, not even close. close. No, no, no. It, it, it's, it's really close, actually. I, I Waddle last year was a little bit dependent on, on all of his catches, and I'm not sure he can get that total again with Tyreek now in the fray, but Truth be told, I'm fading both of them. Like, I, I love each of their individual talents, but I, I I looked back at teams last year that were able to support two wide receiver twos in the same offense, and basically you need to be – you easily need to be a top 10 offense, but you pretty much need to have a top five scoring offense and be top five in, like, touchdown percentage. And, and I just don't think this offense is going to be able to sustain two high-powered receivers – 
Um, and, and if it is, I'll gladly be wrong because you're not getting a. I, I don't feel like you're getting much of a discount on either of them. Uh, so my approach with the Miami Dolphins has kind of been leave the receivers because there's also like Mike Gusecki there. We know they're going to run the ball a good amount if Mike McDaniel is anything like the 49ers have been in years past. I'll take the shot on Tua though because I could get Tua as my QB2 in like the 13th round. And then if these two guys live up to expectations, you know who's going to be really good for fantasy? Tua. And if those guys aren't good, I could easily just cut Tua. Whereas if I invested a second or a fourth round pick, I'm going to start these guys all year and never want to move them and hate myself for it. Yeah, I want to piggyback off of that really quick if I can, Marcus. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm also in that same camp, Florio. I say fade both of them. Um, and I'm going to agree that to a 100%, um, I like him as well. But a sneaky one that I think you can get later is going to be Chase Edmonds. And I like what he can possibly do. First of all, they just went like Sam's Club shopping in bulk for <laughs> running backs this offseason. Am I right? So, but he is different than all of them. And what's so interesting is he reminds me of a Debo Samuel light, if you will. He's already a great pass catcher. He already is a running back, which is kind of exactly what happened to Debo Samuel last year. So the only player aside from Tua that I'm very excited about for the Dolphins is going to be Chase Edmonds, because I really want to see what McDaniel's going to do with him and if it's going to be that trickery and that fun sort of creative scheming that we've seen from the 49ers and from him in the run game. And if he's going to use a basically a built-in pass catching running back already in Chase, in Chase Edmonds, I'm excited about that one. To, to uh, play off of uh, Lauren's example real quick, they went Costco shopping for all of their running backs, but they were like, listen, we're having company. We can't get caught. Like we have to pay up for one meal. Chase Edmonds <laughs> was that meal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and not only that, then they were like, well, OK, so we're already buying all these running backs. Now we need to update the patio furniture. We need a new area rug. It was crazy. Wow. Uh, I always do have I have Mike McDaniels more of a Costco guy than a Sam's Club guy. But, you know, that's mm. neither here nor there. Mm. Um, also, the, the pivot to all this to a love was a plot twist. I did not see coming uh, when I put this question together uh, for the record. I think I'd still go Tyreek Hill, even though it's more of an investment, just because just because of the investment the Dolphins made in him. Uh, and I think that, to me, signals that they really want to try to you know, make him the centerpiece of their passing game. They're going to get him the football as much as possible. Um, you know, look, Jalen Waddell is certainly a nice compliment, and he can be very successful as well. But I just think with everything the Dolphins put in to uh, acquiring and retaining Tyreek Hill, I think that, that to me, signals that, that they are really going to try and, and force-feed him the football. Uh, all right, last one before we take a quick break. Uh, A.J. Brown in round two. Devontae Smith in round six. Uh, Florio, I will start with you. Uh, I will go A.J. Brown there. Uh, I mean, they traded for him, and within minutes, made him a massive contract, gave him a massive contract extension. So I think they clearly have big plans for him. I think Devontae Smith is more uh, the complimentary piece there. I think he'll stretch the field uh, and help there. But I think we're going to see a lot of generated short throws to A.J. Brown and let him kind of do what he does after the catch. Debo's one of one, but the closest thing to him, in my opinion, is A.J. Brown. But Marcus, this is another situation where rather than the receivers, I'm cool taking neither of them and just getting Jalen Hurts, who I yeah. think could finish as the QB1 this year. Yeah, yeah it, there's a lot of Jalen Hurts love out there without without a doubt. Uh, I mean, Lauren, I think A.J. Brown said he thinks both of these guys are number one wide receivers. Uh, which one would you rather have? Honestly, I'm going to I'm going to go with Florio here. I'm on that AJ Brown train. I've loved him for so long. First of all, his smile is the most 
contagious thing you've ever seen. Like it lights up the universe. Like if everyone looked that nice when they smiled, there would be no fighting. He's just, he just <laughs> looks splendid. And but his skin is so perfect. It makes me upset. <laughs> Speaking of really nice skin, Florio, I need to know what kind of, you, you look airbrushed. Okay. And it's not okay. Because <laughs> I'm have... like, oh my God, I have such bad crow's feet. Look at this line in my forehead. And you're all like, perfection no so i i have fine. like wrinkles under this hat i i, I, need, I, I don't actually i need i was just saying like i need to start doing skincare routines because i i don't do nearly enough like i i do hardly any well peek behind <laughs> the curtain when you have like a ring light you know that is shining on you it tends that's, to like wash everything out right yeah, that's so, what it is my husband, when he first came home from work, the first time I really started doing podcasts with, you know, professional camera and like nice light and stuff, he walked in the front door and was like, oh my God, what's all over your face? Because you have, I literally look like a clown. I'm like super contoured, like lots of eye makeup. But when you see me on camera, it, it kind of looks like, did she just wake up? Like that's, you know, that's kind of how it happens. But I need to know what camera you have because you look flawless. The answer is AJ Brown. <laughs> <laughs> <That's me. laughs> I don't know. The answer is AJ Brown. The answer is AJ Brown for me too. Uh, I do like Devonte Smith, but again, sort of like with Tyreek Hill, right? The Eagles went out and acquired AJ Brown, uh, as you mentioned, Florida. They locked him up. He is the guy that they want, so he's the guy that, that I would take uh, round two, even uh, over over Devonte Smith in round six. All right. Uh, that was beefy. Didn't expect this uh, this portion of the show to be so beefy. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. We're going to do the fun stuff now. We're going to do a fantasy draft of things uh, after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So we're hanging out here with stepmom Lauren. And uh, last week we did a fantasy draft of things with Troy King, where we drafted non-alcoholic beverages, and uh, it turned out to be a good time. And uh, social media ran with it. So we're going to do it again, except this time. Uh, and don't ask me why I did it. There's, there's no rhyme or reason to why I pick some of the things I do. But I figured let's do best animated movie. Oh, I know why I was. I, uh, I was sort of having a hankering. I, I went to, uh, I actually went to a movie recently. Uh, finally saw the new Doctor Strange movie. Really Ooh. enjoyed it. Thought it was, thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and they show the trailer for Lightyear, which I think is going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, especially if you're a big Toy Story person, you get the Buzz Lightyear backstory. Also, Chris Evans gets to play another superhero. It's not fair, dude. You were, you were, you were the Human Torch. You were the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four movie. You've been Captain America in the whole MCU. Now you're playing Buzz Lightyear. Like, let somebody else do things, Chris. Anyway, I, I have a question about the new Buzz Lightyear movie. Yes. Why does Buzz Lightyear look different if he's made of plastic and is a toy? So <laughs> I thought that too, but then my, I really thought, okay, oh, so there, it's based on like a, and I don't know if he was an actual person, but like it's a, a, the legend of Buzz Lightyear, right? So he's like an okay. actual character that, you know, the legend start, sort of starts with what happened in this movie and then they make an action figure out of him. So that was oh, okay. Uh, Sort of like it's how an animated know. movie. Don't overthink it, Florida. I saw the billboard driving the other day, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That is not the Buzz Lightyear I know and love." Yeah, no, it's sort of like how, like you know, my my Draymond Green bobblehead looks nothing like actual Draymond Green. Sort of is like he gonna that. is he gonna get ejected from your house? <laughs> he really is. He basically starts the day with one technical. When I walk into when I walk in the room, he's already got one T, and it's like you know, as long as you don't act up, we'll be fine. So, uh, all right. So anyway. We will do a four-round draft. Uh, we'll each pick four movies, uh, and you know, as the as the guest, Lauren. So we'll go. Well, Lauren first because she is our guest here. Uh, Floria, you will go second, and I will go third. We'll, we'll just we'll keep that order. We won't snake. We'll just kind of keep that order the whole time. So, Lauren, uh, the floor is yours. What is the one dot one in your mind? of animated movies? See, in my mind, is not going to get me votes. So. <laughs> I will incorporate those after I take this first pick that I think was so iconic. It's going to be remembered for forever. And uh, there, I mean, this song gets stuck in people's heads. It probably still is. Animals react to it. Everybody loves it. For me, it's got to be Frozen. 
Oh, frozen. Wow. It's frozen. It's yeah. I, I don't like that. I just said it. It tastes kind of bad because <laughs> I'm not really, I love animated movies. Um, mm -hmm. And I did like frozen, but I feel like it's, there's a super low hanging fruit. Like I just took a cheap shot. I don't know, but I feel like it had to be picked 101. Like that is where it needs to be. Okay. All right. So frozen, the first movie off the board. So Florio, uh, it's now to you. This is when, like, uh, you you know, a team has something like a quarterback they want at two or whatever, and then some, and, and then it does he doesn't go at one. I I really thought we just talked about it. I thought Toy Story was gonna go number I one. I didn't want to be obvious. I, I'll oh. take Toy. St I grew up on Toy Story. I I've seen like I'm the adult. I'm not embarrassed to say it. I'm the adult who has gone to see Toy Story three in theaters. I went to see Toy Story four in theaters. Like Toy Story is my childhood, so I I'm ecstatic to get it at two. Yeah, Wait. no, Toy Story. I, 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 I was hoping it would fall, but I kind of knew better. You grew up on Toy Story. Yeah, when did Toy Story come out? I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, it was in the <laughs> it was in the mid nineties, I believe, uh, is when Toy Story came out. I was I'm old. <laughs> it came out in November of twenty second, nineteen ninety five. I was yeah. their targeted audience. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember <laughs> seeing the first Toy Story in theaters. I was I was in college. That's how old I am. Uh, and but I do remember seeing it in theaters. In fact, fun story, side note, that the the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, which I think at the time it might still be, was owned by Disney. So they would show all the Disney movies. And then you pay a little extra and they would do a stage show like after the film. And so I remember uh, my sister and I going to see Toy Story in the theater and then doing the stage show thing afterwards. Oh. They had, you know, people dressed up in costumes like Woody and Buzz and and the whole thing. So uh, all right, so we got those two off the board. Toy Story is older than producer Randy, we just found out. Oh, no. Wow. I, just, okay. I literally just grew two <laughs> more. <questions. laughs> that, knocked, that just knocked the wind out of me. Like, I know. Wow. Like, my arthritis just flared up. I mean, Oh, man. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to make my first round pick here. We got a couple of really good choices off the board. Uh, I'm going to go with one that also does have a couple of sequels, although they weren't as good as the first one. Um, but I'm going to take Shrek as, uh, as Ooh, my first Shrek is pick, great. which was solid. Uh, you know, I mean, you had Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy together. Uh, it even kind of kept, uh, it kept Smash Mouth relevant for a few more years. <laughs> even like that was, uh, that was a big deal. So I will take Shrek, uh, in the, into the first round. All right. So start around, starting round two, uh, Lauren. Oh, we're not snaking this. Okay. No, we're not going to snake it. We're just, we're just going All on. right. So since we only have four. Uh, now I'm just terrified that no one is going to know my references except for Marcus, like, because my fun animated movies are like apparently prehistoric. So, you know what? Let's go with that. I'm going to go The Land Before Time. Ooh, wow. All right. Old school, classic. Speaking of prehistoric, likely from the Jurassic era. Great time. Like me. I feel like I feel like that's a movie that my sister had on VHS and like yes. just kind of wore it out. I mean, I could I could make this whole draft about like Disney movies, but I'm gonna I'm gonna veer off a little bit. I'm gonna go with right. Land Before Time. All right. Great movie, sad movie, because obviously we know how it ends. So you know things don't things don't work out well for the dinosaurs. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Wait, they don't? <laughs> shockingly yes uh all right florio it, it's to you now um so i i went with the little strategy because i love toy story but toy story is actually my second favorite animated movie of all time my first it is the first 
movie I ever saw in theaters. I, I think that it rivals Toy Story. You just can't build a franchise around it. It's The Lion King. Like, oh, you snake. I was so oh. it up. Oh, The Lion King oh. is so damn good. My 101 was between Lion King and Frozen. Was between oh. Lion King and Frozen. But I was worried everyone was going to be like, no, that's, you know, not the... Like the new one, like the real life Lion King that they tried to do. You, anyway, that was a good pick is what I'm trying to say. Oh, do you ever man. get more hyped than when Simba returns to fight Scar? I mean, come on. Oh, oh man. So I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Marcus. I had that so locked up. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a great trap. All right, so now I got to go somewhere off the board. The good thing is I had another one loaded up, so now I'm just going to go. I'm not going to say it to reach because I think this is one of the greatest it is one of the greatest animated movies of all time. And in my mind, this is the greatest superhero movie ever, ever made. So my second round pick, I'm taking Into the Spider-Verse. I, I have to watch that. You have to watch Into the Spider-Verse. You absolutely do. It is. I remember seeing it. I think I went to a late night showing. I think I had to work. And so I went to a midnight showing. And it was like me and maybe three other people in the theater. And I was blow I, I stay for the credits mostly anyway but i sat and watched the credits because i just i couldn't move like that movie was so amazing to me and i say this as a spider-man nerd like i've got you know multiple spider-man bobbleheads and and funko pops here on my uh, on my rack here but into the spider-verse is absolutely not, incredible not to completely get us off topic i'm about to watch all of the new spider-man movies where like in what order does this one fall in with the the new ones or is it separate um the, 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 the Spider-Man movie that just came out? Like the new three, the, the new trilogy? The, I haven't uh, seen any of them. So the, the, the Spider-Man No Way Home uh, might be the best Marvel movie. I love uh, that movie. No way, Home, no way Home is maybe the best one, but I will say that you kind of need to watch some of the earlier ones because they reference a lot of things from the original. Well, there are three trilogies. There are three Spider-Man trilogies, but they it's do not gonna. Yeah, No Way Home is not going to make sense unless you've seen the other. I've seen the other. Like, okay. I've the Peter Park, uh, the Tobey Maguire one, saw all mm -hmm. of them in theaters. Mm -hmm. I saw, I forget the actor in the second Andrew one, Garfield. but I haven't seen the new trilogy. So I was wondering where Into the Spider-Verse falls. In yeah, the, uh, the, Andrew, the Andrew Garfield ones too. Like you, you, you do have to see them in order to get the full impact of No Way Home. But No Way Home might be, it is, it is on the list really in the conversation for best Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. So, uh, all right. So that gets us through two rounds. Round three. Uh, Lauren, it's back to you. Okay. Uh, this is going to be when people really start to learn about who I am. Now, my choice here is going to be between two very similar type of animation, but I have to go with the one I think that really was, in my opinion, a little groundbreaking with how we saw animation, how we saw love stories, kind of a weird crossover between seasons, if you will. I'm going to go The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's a good call. That's yeah, a, weird, right? That is a strong, that's a strong entry. Uh, anything from the Tim Burton universe. Is, yeah, uh, is it was just different. It was, it was, it was beautiful, but it was creepy, but it was also like very touching, I, I, romantic. I don't know. It was fun. It was, no. a, it was a very interesting movie. I, uh, I, I have no beef with that. All right, uh, Florio, it's uh, floor is yours. I, I I'm going to go with another one that I saw in theaters before. Um, I, and it's I, it's so iconic now. It's Finding Nemo. Like I yeah. I feel like you can't see a clownfish or any of those fish without being like that is Nemo. And so and it's <laughs> it holds up. Like it still makes me laugh. 
Plus, it also fits in the Pixar uh, Pixar canon in the sense that, like, it starts with a really scary, incredibly sad yes. moment. Like, every Pixar movie <laughs> is designed to either terrify and or depress you uh, and then build you back up <laughs> as you go through the rest of the story. So, uh, so yeah, Finding Nemo definitely fits there. Um, all right. So, where am I going to go here for my third pick? Uh, I am going to go... Geez, I have so many, so many options of what I want to do here. I am gonna go. I think I'm gonna go old school. Uh, I'm gonna go back deep in the uh, the Disney art. No, actually, no, I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off. I might have just given away what my last pick is going to be. But you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the Lego Movie, which. Hmm was incredibly fun uh and it, and it it got to incorporate so many different other characters from different ips you know batman and all these other things uh, uh plus even now i still sing everything is awesome because that song <laughs> just <laughs> the it first is, thing that popped in my head when you said it you talk i mean lauren you talked about songs that get stuck in your head with like let it go and what have you like everything is awesome is one of the kings of earworms so so uh, i will take i'll take the lego movie in round three so uh all right so that gets us to round four uh and lauren uh, you're on the clock it's our last round it's the last round uh, we could do like 10 more uh, i know we could go forever we could, and ever and ever we could go forever <laughs> and ever okay um all right i'm gonna do one that i guarantee neither of you have seen but the select few people out there in the Twitterverse, who will see this poll, will know exactly what this movie is and why. I grew up uh, basically a gamer nerd. I love video games. My favorite franchise is Final Fantasy. So my last pick is going to be Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Oh, so now I haven't seen that Final Fantasy movie. I saw The Spirits Within, awesome. but uh, I did not see Final Fantasy VII. It is really good. It, literally, I'm getting a blank stare from Florio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've played the games. I've never seen the movies. Cloud and Tifa. Oh, come on. I saw The Spirits Within, which was spectacularly mediocre. Uh, oh, really? but I have not I have it was it was fine. There's nothing memorable about it. But uh all right, Final Fantasy VII. All right. Add um, children. So all right, so Florio, uh, your final pick on deck. I need a judgment call from you guys because I don't know if this is fully an animated movie. I know it, most of it is, but the Space Jam, the original with Michael Jordan, oh, does that no. count as animated? I count, I count that. Absolutely. I would say so. I mean, that's then, mostly that. cartoon characters, right? Then there, I, I had a backup in, in case, but I'll go with the, the original Space Jam there. I, I've watched that movie. I can't tell you how many times. Like As a kid, I would just put it on all the time. So now have you seen the, uh, so this is the 1996 version with Michael Jordan. Have you seen the LeBron version? You know, it's funny. I have the LeBron Funko Pop from the movie. I'm a huge LeBron fan. I love Space Jam. I have not yet seen that one. Okay. I haven't either. I just, I was just kind of curious. Just curious about what your thoughts were. So, uh, all right. Okay. So uh, for me to round it out, um, this one is uh maybe one that that people i feel like if you are a disney aficionado you probably love this movie and to me this is maybe i think it may be the best disney animated movie if you it pick the one if you pick the one i was going to pick i'm gonna be upset it like, is certainly my favorite really animated disney movie uh i'm gonna go with robin hood from <laughs> 1973 uh the the Disney animated Robin Hood is absolutely incredible. Uh, I don't think it gets enough due 
within the Disney canon of films. Uh, but it is great if you haven't seen it. I'm sure like if you have Disney Plus, it's probably on Disney Plus. Go check it out. But uh, but 1973, the animated Robin Hood was phenomenal. I literally should show you a picture of my notes. And that one's the very first one on the top. <laughs> so I was thinking, I'm like, well, and I was trying to do, I don't know what I was thinking. And I should have, go. So I, I, like I, I like I was your between that like your and, uh, and the Jungle Book because they're both, they're both very similar. Uh, they're both very good. They're both, what, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, but, but Robin Hood has a special place in my heart. So that, yeah, mine uh, too. Every time we would go to the grocery store, you know, like back in the day, grocery stores had like the video rental, the VHS mm -hmm. like tape rental, like right there. Every week, my dad and I would go and I would always rent that movie. And it was kind of part of our thing. I don't know why he never just bought it. It's just more cost yeah, effective and I, to I just knew buy the, the movie. I knew all the songs. I just loved every single part of it. Yeah, that was, yeah. I, I didn't think that you were going to take that one, Marcus. You have now reached a new level of esteem in, in my world. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, you are welcome. Uh, yeah. Not so you, Florio. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you all mine are from skin. like a seven year span, all of my movies. <laughs> this has been fun. And you actually, but you branched out. You also, you know, didn't go straight. I thought you were going to go Disney all the way through, but then you uh, you made the left turn with. Uh, and I, then the, the weirdo over here is like, I like video games. With uh, with Space Jam at the end. I, so. <laughs> I almost went all Disney because my fallback, if Space Jam didn't count, was Monsters Inc. So, oh, all right. All right. Uh, which is a good fallback. So uh, this has been a lot of fun. Lauren, appreciate it. Uh, for, for everybody who doesn't maybe know where to find your stuff, I know there's a lot of different places. So uh, <laughs> feel free. The, the floor is yours to tell people where, uh, where you can be found. So I haven't been able to update it yet, which I will be doing here in the next couple of days. But I put all of my work on my website, which is stepmomlauren.com. Um, all my stuff is there, my work, my videos, my articles, all that kind of fun stuff. And then links to my social media. Come follow me. Come say hi. I'm most active on Twitter, stepmomlauren. Uh, yeah, come come say hi. I love chatting. I love chatting about fantasy football. Fantasy football, folks. Don't be weird. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, again, appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck. Continued success with everything you do. And Thank I'm sure you. that uh, the three of us at some point will cross paths again. Maybe in person at some point we will uh, we will all cross paths too. That I hope be, so. That would be absolutely excellent. All right. In the meantime, for us, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good. Live well. Please take care of yourselves and take care of everybody around you. We will talk to you next week. Wow.